All right. Welcome, everybody. I'm so glad you could join us tonight. Um, this is a, a, not a normally scheduled call, so um, thank you for giving up your time to be here, uh, for investing in yourself and your ability to influence others. I hope that this call adds tremendous value to you. Um, this call really is for people in either a coaching profession or who use coaching methods in a leadership role or for those who know nothing about coaching but would like to learn, okay? So first of all, let's start off real quick with why this call. Um, I've been working with a lot of coaches and, and leaders using coaching techniques lately, and there's two problems that I see most often. The first is uh, a trained coach, so someone who has gone to trainings or has a certification of some sort, that has a problem with focus. And the second is a coach or leader with very little training that's just trying to kind of make it work, right? So this call is kind of a way to help those of you who would like some simple directions to start and maybe a way to focus so that your brain can work at its fullest capacity, okay? So what we're going to do on this call tonight, um, I'll cover six key areas of the model that Grow by One uses. So when I say Grow by One, um, currently that's me. Uh, when I always like to tell people, you know, we, well, we means me, myself, and I. Um, so I'm going to tell you the, the model that I use. Now, this model is kind of a, a mix between things that I have been trained on. Uh, so I've been trained on several uh, models, methods, and certifications of training. Um, and it's also from gleaning the research that I have used for my PhD dissertation. So um, this is really the, the simple model that I use when I'm coaching. Um, it, it, I really use it whether we're coaching or maybe I'm in that leadership role. So I don't want you to think, well, because I'm not a coach, I can't use this. Because if you're a leader, you need to use coaching methods. Okay, so I don't really have time to go into depth. I'm just going to do an overview. I'm going to give you uh, tips for each one of the six items. And, of course, for those of you who are regulars on this call, you know what's coming next. You're going to get some homework, right, because that's what we do here. All right, are you ready? Okay, well, so because we're going to be kind of getting your brain going here, let's set the stage. So... Go ahead and get your paper and your pencil out, and I'd like you to just write a few things down, okay? So the first thing I'd like you to think about is, right now in this moment, what are you thankful for? So thankful is, is something that you have currently, or you could also write down something you're grateful for, which is being thankful for something that hasn't appeared yet. Okay, so what are you thankful or grateful for? Go ahead and write that down. All right, well, why do we do that? Those of you who are regulars know that when we write down what we're thankful and grateful for, we immediately tell our brain it's time to open up to new possibilities. Okay? Now think about what is one thing that you hope to get from this call tonight. 
What's one thing? So that might be a skill, a strategy, a tip, a tool. What's one thing you want? Go ahead and write that down. And then the third thing is, what is something that you hope to see? So this is really talking about maybe a change in thinking or belief or mindset. And I know it's quite vague, but just go with it. What is one thing that you hope to see on this call tonight? All right, so we've set the stage. Now, one thing I will encourage you to do is after the call is done, of course, go back through all your notes, but really key into those three things that you just wrote down. And I, if I was a betting woman, I would bet that those are the three things that you're going to see more of throughout this call. Okay? All right, so let's get into it. There are six mm, concepts, I guess. Um, six things I focus on when I'm coaching. Um, now, sometimes I tell my coaching clients that this is what I'm doing. Um, sometimes I just do it very quickly. So I'll briefly go over the six things in the order that I use them, and then I'll give you an example. All right, so the first one um, is topic. So go ahead and write topic. So basically, we're going to have a conversation. So what is the topic of the conversation going to be? Okay, very simple. It's just as simple as that. It's like if a friend came over and you said, hey, you know, what do you want to talk about today? Okay. The second thing is the outcome. So what outcome would you like to see from our time together? So if, if the conversation um, is about planting a garden, okay, um, and I'm going to help coach somebody in planting a garden, which really, quite frankly, would be the epitome of you can coach anybody on anything because gardening is not my thing. Um, then the outcome of that conversation might be just, well, I'd like to talk through what kind of plants I'd like to put in it, okay? So the outcome is just what do you want at the end of our conversation? Now, the third thing is the goal, the goal. Now, this is the overarching goal, the reason why you're doing coaching in the first place. So um, this is a long-term topic or outcome. So for example, it could be um, I want to increase my business revenue 10% in the next three months. It could be um, I want to um, make sure that my, um, my infant toddler program is fully staffed within the next three weeks. Okay, so whatever the overarching goal is, it's a little longer term. So your outcome is really what are you going to get at the end of our conversation, and all of your conversations and outcomes build to reach your final goal. Okay, so one thing as I'm going through is I, I realize that um, when somebody says, hey, I want the topic of conversation to be X, and my outcome I want to be Y, and then I have written down what their overarching goal is, if I see that it doesn't match what they say they want for their goal, then I question them. Not like, you know, third, third degree questioning, but I question them in that I say, 
how does this relate to your goal? Okay, because our job as a coach is to always help our client, the person we're serving, reach the goal that they say that they want. We're helping them determine what the win is and getting to it as quickly as possible. Okay? So then number four would be reality. Reality. So this is talking about what is the current situation. So, um, you know, there's tons of courses and classes out there that will teach you a, a ton of things on organization development, business development, anything on growth and um, change theory. Uh, what you have to understand is this is what is happening now. This is my goal. And how do I bridge the gap between those two? Okay. So when you get to the reality part, this is talking about what's the current situation, the current reality. This piece out of all six of these things makes up probably the majority of the time. Um, many people start here, right? Um, so you get into a conversation, all of a sudden they're telling you, hey, this is what's going on. And so as a coach, you might have to say, okay, just, just a second, let's take one minute and back up and do the first three, okay? Because you're setting the intention with those first three items. So if they start in reality, back them up, and then you'll get there quick, I promise. Also, a lot of people in this step, you know, feelings and emotions come out. When somebody's telling you what's going on, whether it be in the workplace or in a, in a relationship, whatever it is that's going on, um, that you're coaching them, this is where they can sometimes get stuck. They can get stuck in their feelings about the situation, okay? So you have to almost uh, play around with this over time and figure out, um, for me, there's a little part, I guess, call it my intuition, where there's a like a clicking for me on the, on the inside. I don't know how to explain that fully. But as you go through with more experience, you'll realize that there's a certain point where you go, okay, this is now no longer about the reality we're stuck, okay? Now, this part, honestly, can take as little as one minute, and it will go as long as you let it, okay? Um, I have coached my children before, and I have one one child in particular. I will not say this child's name, but many of you know this child, um, and uh, this child can get stuck in emotions for hours, and so sometimes I have to just say, okay, it's, it's time to move on, okay? When we're stuck in our emotions and we're not being creative or solving our problem, we can't move forward, okay? Now, the next piece is options. Options. This is really where you want to get to, right? Reality is great because it gives us our data we need, but options, that's what we want to want to talk more about. So some people think of this as like brainstorming, right? Let's put down all these different ideas, which you could. Um, really, you're asking yourself, okay, given the current reality, what are the options on the table? What's available to us? Um, this could take a while, uh, and they may not know what they want right now. So, for example, you could ask them, okay, what are some of your options? And they may say, 
I have no idea. This isn't necessarily true. A lot of people who say I have no idea, um, what they're really saying is, I think I have an idea, but it's so crazy, or my fear is getting in the way, I don't want to say it. Or sometimes they just need to be asked the question a little bit differently to access a different part of their brain. And sometimes this is the point where they'll, they'll say, well, I have no idea, what, what suggestion would you give me? I would caution you to not give a suggestion until you've heard two or three things that they suggest, only because what you're really trying to do in coaching is not just help them get to their win, but you're trying to walk with them hand in hand in understanding that this is the process for thinking and moving forward. So you want them to be doing that thinking on their own. Um, some, some people struggle with this part of it, but it's absolutely essential, okay? Um, sometimes they give you a million options, right? I, I've done sessions before where um, the options section went way longer than the reality section. So there's at some point where you have to realize we can't do 25 things. So you might have to help them narrow it down a little bit. Okay. Um, sometimes I hear people say, I don't know. And I challenge them and I say, okay, okay, that's okay. If you don't know, well, what if you did know? What if you did know that answer? What, what would you say? Because what you're really doing is you're kind of bypassing the part in their thinking that's getting them stuck. Or sometimes I'll ask, you know what, what if, what if your future self in five years was sitting next to you? What would your future self tell you to do right now in this moment? So that question is really helping them to access their subconscious brain, which is where the answer is housed. Okay? Um, and again, you know, the, the, the last part of the options section is really to pick one or two options that you want to talk about, okay? I say one or two because any more than that, and things get to be overwhelming. Um, we don't want them to feel overwhelmed when they leave us. We want them to feel successful and confident because then they'll go out and actually make this happen. And then my favorite part, I love the last part, which is called the way forward. The way forward. So two words, way forward. So this is really taking those options and going one more step, creating the plan, getting them on their way. So you, this is where you would clarify the action steps that they've decided on. So one or two things. And I ask questions like, what do you need to know in order to make this happen? Okay, so in the gardening example, you know, these are the plants that, that you say you want for your garden. That's great. Um, what do you need to know? And they might tell me, well, I need to know, you know, do these plants like sun or shade? Okay, great. Um, and I'll ask them, who will help you? You know, there's very few things in life where somebody doesn't help you. 
where you're doing something completely individual where you don't need help from anybody else. Now, let me define help. Help may not be, um, you know, tangibly helping you with this certain thing. But, you know, if you have a question, there's typically going to be another person involved in that, don't you, just, don't you think? Um, if you're doing a project and there are people around, somebody might need your help, right, or you need their help too. And think about it. Even if it's I'm going to need you, coach, your help, absolutely. We're, we're trying to also use this part as to help them understand they're not alone. There's always people out there to help you, okay? And then I was asked, when will you start this? Um, that's a really key indicator question for me because if I hear, you know, when will you start this, and they say, as soon as we're done here, I'm going, right? I know that they're really invested. If I ask them, when will you start, and they kind of can't give me an answer, or maybe they uh, give me an answer, but it's like next week, then I want to know, well, what is keeping you from starting sooner? Now, there there may very well be variables in there that they can't control. Um, for example, I was talking to a coaching client today, and, um, you know, one of the things that we had come up with is that she wanted to start reading a certain book. And I said, when will you start? Well, she doesn't have the book, right? So it, the variable is I'm going to start as soon as the book comes, but it might be three or four days, okay? Um, my favorite question of all time, I use this all the time, is so what's your plan? What's your plan to make this happen? As simple as that. You know, there's lots out there on SMART goals. Um, if you don't know what a SMART goal is, Feel free to Google it. You'll get a ton of information out there. Um, I'm all for SMART goals, uh, but I don't like to say, you know, in a coaching session, well, how does this match your SMART goal? So as they're sharing, this is kind of how we're going to move forward. Um, just be monitoring. Is this a specific thing they're working on? You know, they can't just say, well, I'm going to change the world, right? Um, is this something that they can measure in terms of, when they come back for our next phone call or our next visit, how are they going to be able to show you that they've done what they said and that they've grown? Okay, so it doesn't have to be research measured, um, those kinds of things. So you're monitoring, but you're not necessarily saying, tell me how this fits. Okay? Um, and then I always do a commitment level. So if they have said, I'm going to do this one or, or these two items, I will ask them, okay, so let's say in the gardening example, um, she's come up with her plan and she wants to do some research to figure out what the plant's like, sun or shade, okay? So she's the thing she's doing is researching. And she says she's going to do it today. Um, she's going to go to the library, um, going to read some books. She's going to go to the nursery and ask somebody at the nursery, okay? I would ask her, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your commitment level to getting this done? So notice I did not say, how well are you going to do this thing? I did not ask her how well she's going to do it because she has no idea. 
If you ask somebody how well will you do this before they do it, fear shows up. So if you're asking how committed are you to making this happen, okay? So if I ask my gardener how committed are you to going to the library today, and she tells me a 10, boom, done. I mean, you might as well, you know, slap your your betting money down and say, yep, it's done. But if she tells me, mm, I'd say I'm committed at probably a number six. Ah, that's not good enough. Because I know anybody who says anything less than an eight, there is a hurdle there that we need to address. And it must be addressed before she leaves me. Because if it's not, then whatever that hurdle is, is going to literally knock her down as she goes to try to do this thing. Okay. So if my gardener says, hey, I, um, it's about a six, I'm going to say, okay, well, what would make that number go higher? Notice I didn't say what are the obstacles because I don't want her brain thinking about obstacles. I want her brain thinking about going forward. So what is going to make the number go higher? She will automatically tell me the things that are going to get in the way. She might say something like, um, well, I'd like to go to the, to the library today, but I realize that my husband has the car and he won't be back and I don't know if, if the library will be closed. Okay, great. So what if that happens? And then she might change her goal and she said, I know I can go tomorrow. I said, okay, great. So if you can't go today, you could go tomorrow. Yes, yes. And I said, okay, so how committed are you to going either today or tomorrow, 1 to 10? Oh, definitely a 10. Perfect. So we've got her thinking about the hurdle, and she's already solved the problem of getting over the hurdle before it's even happened. So I know that if her husband doesn't get home in time, she's still going to go to the library tomorrow. Okay? And then I usually follow up with, what do you need from me? So um, I've got a lot of clients who say either send me a text or send me an email. Some folks will say, well, I'm going to email you on this day, or I'm going to call and leave a message on this day. Um, whatever it is that they need, I'll, I'll usually confirm that and say, okay, so you want me to text you on Wednesday and see how it went at the library. Yep. All right, perfect. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. All right, so those are the six areas, the six concepts, ideas, whatever you want to call them, that make up a coaching conversation. So if you notice, Along all of your major headings, there are six, and it should spell out the first letter of each one is an acrostic, and it says, to grow. To grow. This is the process of helping people to grow. Okay? It's as simple as that. All right. So now I'm going to share an example with you from an actual coaching client um, who has agreed to let me share this example with you. Uh, now, first of all, I have to say that this is a gross oversimplification of our conversation. So this really is just the highlights. So 
this person is um, an author, has written six different books. Um, I would say these books are a little more technical in nature. Um, the person didn't want me to share the field um, or industry they're in, but they are a little more technical. So it's not like novels, right? Um, I'm sure if I said this person's name, you wouldn't even know them, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, not gonna share that piece. So, they're an author who, um, originally lived in the United States, uh, for I think 40, 45 years, and then 10 years ago, um, relocated to China. So the family was gonna go over there, do some other work. Um, this person is still writing over in China. Um, this person does a lot of public speaking related to the books that are written all around the world. Now, not that many, maybe a handful a year, but this person is excellent at writing. Um, but they really want help speaking and building the brand. So the speaking part of it in a public forum is what we, is our overarching goal. Okay, so I'm going to take you through all of the six parts of the to grow method for this particular person. Okay, so when we met, um, this was actually several months ago, um, the topic, I said, you know, what would you like to talk about today? And she said, I really want to talk about my, my latest, my most recent speaking engagement. I said, okay, this was not a surprise to me. I, I knew that she had gone and I knew that that was probably going to be our topic of conversation. But notice I didn't come out and say, this is what we're going to talk about. I let her tell me um, what we were going to talk about. And I said, okay, well, what would you like the outcome of today's conversation to be? And she said, well, I really want to brainstorm ways to help me increase my confidence level. I would like to be more confident when I speak. I said, okay, all right, sounds good. And I said, okay, let's clarify your goals here. So she has two. One is to increase her confidence level when speaking in public. She wants to go uh, in a confidence level of from three to seven. So on a scale of one to ten, she is currently feeling that she's a three. She would like to go up to a seven by the next contract renewal date, which would be in three months. So for those of you who know a SMART goal, this person also knows SMART goals, and that was the goal that she came up with. So it's very specific. And her number two goal is to have one social media post a day, okay? Now, for this person, I know that this is a stretch because um, while she is amazing at writing, social media is not her thing, okay? So the first three, so half of the items already done. And that took two minutes, okay? Then we get to the reality section. And we covered at length. I, I think probably 20 minutes was talking about the last engagement, um, where she went, who she talked to, um, how she felt before she went on, how she felt when she was doing it, and after, um, you know, talking about her reflective process. That was something we had worked on previously. Uh, and she admitted that her confidence level was a four. And so I, as her cheerleader, made sure that I spent time in helping her to see her growth. Now, a three to a four, when you want to go to a seven, doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're in the process of growth, 
if you don't stop and regularly see your your own growth, man, that's a hard road. It really is. Have you ever been there before, just stuck? You know, it's, it's kind of like uh, I hear some weight loss experts talking about um, in three weeks when you make better choices, you notice it for yourself. In uh, what is it? Or maybe three days, I think it is, because in three weeks, then the people closest to you notice. And in three months, other people who know you know you well or strangers, acquaintances, that kind of thing will notice. Right. So it takes three weeks for somebody to really notice. So your job as a coach or as a leader who uses coaching is to highlight growth moments, no matter how small they they seem. Okay? So we did that, and then um, she talked about the prep time that she used. She said that she had used only one hour of prep time to get ready for the speaking engagement. So I got curious. Um, and I asked her, you know, what what happened that you only had one one hour? And I got to tell you, I I am not going to share everything, but there were excuses that popped up. Now, you could look at that and call her out, or you could also recognize it for what it is. She had significant hurdles that showed up. She had life that showed up. She wasn't prepared for that. The new thing, which was prepping before the speaking engagement, could not form because she was stuck in the old world kind of assaulting her. Okay, this is normal. So if you have, if you have clients that go through this, this is perfectly normal. So we spent a lot of time in that, um, and then she admitted to a previous step that we had worked on um, that she admitted that she wasn't doing the affirmations that she was going to do. She had made a plan to say anywhere from three to five different affirmations every single day as she was preparing for, for a speaking engagement, and she hadn't done that. Okay? Um, so I really looked at that as um, – a way to encourage and, and check in. And is this something you still want to do? And she said, absolutely, I still want to do it. And she also wanted to kind of reevaluate the time that she spent on herself and not on her business. Because she says, I, I'm really good at writing, and I think I could be really good at business, but I see that I really need to focus on my own thinking. And so – Again, that was a huge growth moment for her, so I highlighted that and helped her understand that when you change yourself, when you fill in yourself, make yourself more, your business, your work naturally follows. Okay? Um, and then she, she confessed that she was having another speaking engagement coming up the very next week. And so this is where a lot of feelings came out. Um, now, think about what just has just happened. She just explained to me that she didn't do as well as she wanted to. And now, oh, my gosh, I've got this new event coming up. What am I going to do? She actually started crying on the phone um, and and saying, oh, my gosh, you've got to help me. I don't think I can do it. This is where her fear showed up big time okay 
I've worked with some coaches before that when they get to this place and somebody's showing fear, their first instinct is to try to make that person feel better. Your job as a coach is not to try to help them feel better. Your job is to help them move forward. It's okay to let them sit there for a few minutes. By all means, acknowledge the feelings that are showing up. But you cannot let them sit there. Okay? I've also worked with coaches who are a little more direct, uh, a little more demanding, and kind of didn't maybe appreciate the emotions, didn't acknowledge or identify them or ask where they were coming from, but just kind of glossed over them and, and said, okay, it's time to get to work, time to get our action steps going. Okay? Just be sensitive. Know when it's time to move forward and try to move forward gently. You don't want to kind of pull somebody by their hair, right? Okay? So, I let that go for a little bit, and I said, okay, just very gently. So I understand that this this is where you're at right now. I totally get it. What are some of your options? And that's all it took for her to realize, ah, yes, I have some options. So she talked about the need for more time on prep work, um, and I said, okay, you know, tell me more about that. She, I said, how many hours do you think you're going to need? And she says, well, I think I need about five hours to prepare. And I said, okay, all right. Notice I didn't come back and say, well, I really think you need 10, you know, because this is her, not me. I said, okay, five hours. So when are you going to get these five hours? And she told me that her husband would be gone for the weekend, so she really could spend a good chunk of that time on Saturday in prep. I said, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Um, and she said she wanted to spend time in in her personal study before she spoke. I said, okay, so we talked about when she could do that. Um, she said she was going to travel in on the plane the night before, and so she'd have about two to three hours before they would come and pick her up that she could do it then. Okay, great, that's an option. Awesome. And I and we kept going, and she said, well, I think it would really help if I contacted my coworker and, and shared my presentation with him this week. So, okay, great, because there's a huge confidence boost that comes from knowing you're prepared, right? I said, okay, awesome. That's a great idea. And then she said, I want to remind myself that I'm there to help people and and that they aren't worried about me. Now, this is something she and I have been working on for a really long time, talking about perception, um, the idea that, you know, we think that everybody in the world is, is looking at us. Um, my husband God bless him. He thinks that everybody's looking at the stain on his shirt. And I try to help him understand nobody cares about the stain on your shirt because they're all thinking about the stain on their shirt, right? So that was really cool learning for her that she said, I want to focus on helping people and not worrying. Now think about what that's doing in the brain. This person who has great fear in getting up to speak, has a motivation that says, I want to help people. And out of that motivation, she says, I I want to remember that part because that's going to override the fear. Okay? 
Um, and, and then she kept going. And another one she said was, I think I can ask my coworker to pray for me. After I give this presentation, that's really going to help me. I said, hey, that's great. Anytime a person has a, um, a faith that, that surrounds them, try to get them involved because we're not just cognitive beings. We are spiritual beings, gifted with an intellect, living the physical experience, okay? So we had, what, five, six options. I said, okay, great. So which one are you going to work on? And she, you know, it took her a while. And this is where that pregnant pause comes in. (laughs) You have to be okay with the pause. So I let her just reflect because I know her brain's working. I don't need her mouth to, to speak to know that. And she decided, well, I really want to work on this this prep work and study time. Those are the two things I, I think are going to help me the most. I said, okay, so let's talk about prep work. You said you wanted to spend five hours this weekend working on this. So on a commitment level, one to ten, how committed are you? And her number was a six. And I said, wow, okay, what will make that number go higher? And she said, well, I think the thing that's going to make this number go higher is, you know, I really don't know what my husband has planned for the weekend. I know he says he's going out of town, but he's also said that he might stay home on Saturday and leave on Sunday. So I'm not quite sure. So in my head, okay, the hurdle is really timing, right? So we talked about timing. Now, she didn't lower her goal of spending five hours. She just said, I need to think about this in a different way. So ultimately, she decided on spending more time prepping during the week um, in chunks of time rather than all throughout the weekend. So she liked this. After she got talking about this, you could see the motors turning, right? Even on a phone call all the way to China, I could see and hear the motors turning. That she said she liked it because it would give her more time to process the information and feel like she spent more time. Now, that's really key. For this person, if she took little chunks of time to prepare, she would feel like she spent more time. I want her feeling like she spent more time because that means she'll be more confident. Okay? And if she goes in feeling more confident and prepared, She's going to rock that stage, okay? So in reality, her going through that thinking process of of overcoming this hurdle is more important than her coming up with the goal in the first place, okay? Now, then we talked about, okay, you wanted to work on study time, your personal study before you speak. So what is your confidence level 1 to 10 on that one? And she said, oh, definitely a 9. I said, okay, great. Sounds good. Now, she didn't answer 10, but that's okay because a 9 is still pretty high. So really after that, I just said, okay, well, what do you need from me then to make that happen? So with her, we scheduled a series of text messages, um, and she said she would send me a photo from the stage, and she did, which was really cool. You know, uh, um, I'm just seeing from who's on the line. There, there's many of you who have seen me speak in person. You've seen me on a stage. You've seen me in a classroom. 
Um, and you know that I really, really enjoy what I do. I really do. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, but there's such a, a more fulfilling feeling I get when I see my coaching clients that are growing and actually seeing their goal come to them. It's the most gratifying feeling. Um, you know, you could give me awards and nominations and all that kind of stuff, and that's great. But if my coaching client gets an award, that right there is gold. Okay? So really, um, it's that simple. <laughs> that simple and that hard, right? Um, some of you are probably, you know, experienced coaches, and you're like, wow, that's great. I'm, I'm so glad to have that framework, and that makes so much sense. Um, others of you I know are a little more new to the scene, um, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I ever going to know all that? <laughs> well, you're going to know it by doing it. You don't know how to do the thing until you do the thing. Let me say that again. You don't know how to do the thing until you do the thing. So let me give you a perfect example. When you were a baby, at some point, you saw all these humans around you that were walking on two feet. And you thought, hmm, I think I want to do that too. And so you tried. Now, you didn't try it the first time and then all of a sudden say, well, this walking thing isn't for me, right? No, because that's not how we're made. You kept at it and kept at it and kept at it, okay? Did you know how to walk before you walked? No, you didn't know how to walk. You didn't know what it would feel like for gravity to be pushing you down. You didn't know what it would feel like for your muscles to be in a different position, okay? You had to figure that out as you went. But now, I would venture to say most of you are pretty expert walkers, aren't you? The same process is at play with coaching. You can go to a coaching training. You can attend a class, a seminar, you can get a certification, you can go out and do all the research on coaching that you want. But until you go and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it in different ways with different people and different environments, you won't really know how to coach. Now, somebody might say, well, I've been a coach for 15 years. Well, great, awesome. And then when you talk to them, you find out they really haven't been a coach for 15 years. They've just been doing the same thing for 15 years. They haven't really grown in their thinking or their practice. They've just done the same thing over and over and over again. Okay? Please Beware of these folks. <laughs> um, we want to grow and constantly and continuously grow. And and let me just say this too. So uh, I found it startling when I was doing some of my research for my dissertation that somewhere along the lines of two to three percent of of coaches who are who are professional coaches, so they're getting paid to do it, uh, actually have their own coach. Let's think about that for a minute. Coaches, by nature, are leaders. 
because leaders are people of influence. Okay, It doesn't matter if you have a, a, a role, a leadership role. If you have influence, then you are a leader. Okay, So any person in a coaching position or using coaching techniques is already a leader. Leaders do not expect things from their people that they would not do themselves. Modeling, being an example, okay? Now, it's also extremely important that when you're a coach, you're helping people do this really deep-seated thinking, right? You need to be present. You need to be in the moment. You need to be what I call cleaned out, (laughs) not having issues of your own that are getting in the way. How can you know that you're doing all of those things if you're not regularly taking the time to be reflective with someone else and they're not checking you on your own goals? I'm deliberately letting that one sit. I personally have a coach. Every Saturday morning, 6.30 a.m., I will be on a phone call. Yes, I have given up my Saturday mornings. Um, It's the best decision I've ever made. Um, As soon as you start putting yourself first, all of a sudden you start to increase your influence. This is exactly what happens with your clients. You're trying to help them put themselves first so that they can increase their performance and get the results they want. Because typically what has happened up until this point with any client that I've worked with before they come to coaching is that they've tried a lot of things. They've done a lot of things. Their to-do list is really, really long. But they haven't stopped to think about what it is that they really need to do, what they would really like to have, and who they would really like to be. And until they go through that process, they're always going to be spinning their wheels. Okay? So it's really hard to expect other people to do that when you're not doing it yourself. And not only that, how do you know what the feeling is of fear when you're in that coaching relationship unless you've gone through that for yourself? Okay, so you can't have true empathy or compassion until you know how they feel. Right? Okay, okay. So I will get off my soapbox. I will continue to say that over and over and over again no matter where I'm at. When I'm with coaches, I will say that. Okay? And I'm not trying to sell myself or my services. I'm just saying you need to get a coach. Okay? All right. So it's as simple as that. Um, There's no rocket science here, just six things. Uh, It's not magic. It's just a lot of mindset science, right, and a framework for structure to help you focus. Okay? So if you feel like um, you need a shot in the arm for your coaching, try this and see what it does. Um, If you feel like you've been trying to do coaching, but you have no clue what you're doing, start here, okay? Just play around with it. See if it can help. Um, I actually was doing some some training at a university where I was teaching their 
staff how to coach their student teachers um, and also their children. Um, and it was interesting because when we got to this part, I was thinking, okay, I'm working with administrators. You know, it's going to help them teach, coach their teachers, that kind of thing. And then when we came back for uh, the next session, one person shared how they had actually used the to-grow model in a staff meeting. And I said, really, tell me more. Um, because I hadn't explained to her yet how you would use, use this in a setting with more than one person, so what we call group coaching. Um, had never mentioned it, had never given examples. And I kid you not, without this person knowing how to do something, she used all of the six steps with a group of people in the room, and she would told me about how different the meeting was, how um, productive it was, the energy in the room was electric and inspirational. And when they all left, they knew exactly what they were doing, um, when they were doing it, with who they were doing it, and they were inspired. Okay? She said, it's the best staff meeting I've ever had. I'm going to use this no matter what. I said, awesome. And then I explained to her that she had just done group coaching. And she says, "What? what is that? What does that mean? Now, listen to that. She didn't know how to do it, but she was doing it. She didn't know what it meant, but she was doing it. This is the process of learning, okay? All right, so um, who can you use this with? Well, you can obviously use it with your clients or customers. Um, you can use this with children, adults. Um, you can use this with your boss, okay? Um, be careful, you know, depending on your relationship, uh, if that's helpful or not. Um, you can definitely use this on yourself, okay? So if you don't have a coach, I would highly recommend that you do some self-coaching. You know, you can use this this process for thinking through things, okay? Um, maybe even setting a timer, saying, okay, I'm going to list all the things out of my current situation, the reality part, and I'm going to spend five minutes on it, okay? So you don't get kind of stuck in that thinking. Um, the one person, though, that I'm going to really caution you on using coaching with is your significant other, okay, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, um, whoever the person is that you're the, the closest to, um, be careful. Um, you know, coaching is supposed to be something that you, you agree on, you know, that you're, you're doing together. Um, it's not supposed to be used for manipulation or control. So I'm telling you, use your superpowers for good, okay? Um, my husband, he I've used it on him quite a bit, and he doesn't like it. <laughs> um, and so I stopped for a while um, using these techniques, and I use it most often with my kids. And I tell you, it's interesting because as I'm using it with my kids who are 9, almost 12, and 14, I see them using it with each other. So if you're a parent, just experiment with that, okay? Um, but leave the coaching or the counseling uh, of your, your significant other to somebody else, okay? All right, so you can do this process literally in two minutes. I have done this with uh, the person checking me out at the grocery store. 
Um, I've done this with a bank teller before. Um, you can go through the steps pretty quickly. Basically, when they're kind of sharing with you, like, okay, this is what's happening. I wish this would happen. You can immediately go into, wow, okay, so you've got the, the topic. You're already in the conversation. Um, you don't have to re- worry about outcome because nobody really knows what, what outcome there's going to be, right? Um, the uh, the next part is the, the G. So you're talking about the goal, um, which they've already said is, hey, this is, you know, what I would like to happen. And then the reality, oh, my goodness, this is what's going on. So you've already done all four, right? And then you can get to the options and just ask a question like, well, I wonder what you could do. Well, what what could you do? Um, and then the next thing is, wow, so what are you going to do? And then the last part is, is there any way that I can help you? Boy, that will blow your bank teller away, right? Is there any way I can help you? Okay. You can do it in two minutes, and you can do it up to two hours. Uh, I personally do not like coaching sessions that go beyond two hours. Um, I think after that, your brain just gets way too overloaded, and I prefer either a half hour or an hour session if I'm coaching professionally. But it depends on how much detail you use for each part, okay? The more you use it, not only the easier it will be, but you'll understand the flow better and what works for you and what doesn't, okay? So, so again, go out and experience this. All right. Well, so what? You, you've, you've heard all of this. So what? Well, one thing that I would suggest is that you would pick one of those six things and, and really pick the one that you want to work on and try it out for yourself. So if you want to key in on, you know, somebody sharing about their reality, say, you know what, I want to, I want to hear when people are sharing the reality part. Um, if you want to make sure that you're moving somebody forward, you know, you might ask them the commitment level question, right? Um, pick one of those six and say, man, I really want to focus on this one, okay? And if you use coaching techniques, maybe try out the question, what would you like to get from our time together? Okay, just start your session that way. Or what are your options? So rather than coming in and telling them, okay, you identify that this is the problem, here's all the ways that you could fix it, you could say, well, what are your options? Okay? Um, you could also ask, um, you know, maybe the commitment level question. Maybe you've never done that before. Just ask somebody, you know, how committed are you to doing this? Now, if you ask it the first time, yeah, they might be a little weirded out by that question, so explain to them what you mean, right? You know, for the more experienced who are on the line, um, try to see how what I call fast and good you can get with this, okay? So some some folks who've never done coaching before, these steps are going to seem a little harder to start. For those of you who are experienced, you're going to understand many of these steps, if not all. Um, So really try to figure out how, how good you can get and how fast you can get good, okay? So doing it with integrity and excellence, but see how fast you can get. And fast, I mean in the shortest amount of time possible that you can get this coaching series done in. So can you get it down to two minutes? 
try it out and see. Okay? That's your homework. So um, the next step really is, for those of you who are not a part of my email list, um, I send an email out twice a month with all kinds of resources and things on it. So the next step for you really is going to be to email me. Um, the email address is growbyone, so G-R-O-W-B-Y, the number one, at gmail.com. And just say, hey, I want to get your, your email. I want to get the free resources. Um, it's on those emails that I'll do any future call announcements, right? Um, and absolutely feel free to share with me any thoughts or questions that you might have. I love having a conversation with folks. I love hearing feedback, not just, oh, wow, that was a great call, but this is how I took what you said and applied it, and this is the result that I got, okay? So if I get an email from you in two weeks from now telling me about how you grew because of being on this call, that will make my heart so happy. Okay. Um, also, um, another way to stay connected is through visiting my website at growbyone.com. Um, there's some resources on there, some that you can buy, some that you can download for free. Um, we're getting ready to do a complete overhaul and in order to launch our online university coming up. I just got confirmation from my, my web guy this weekend that we are going to launch our online university before the end of the year. So I'm very excited about that. So basically this is going to be a uh, a membership kind of a deal, but all of the hours of teachings that I've had for the last three years will be all housed in one place. And you can sort them by topic, by need, by by something that you want. Okay, I'm so excited about that. So we're getting ready for that. Um, and also, stay plugged into our social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, um, because those announcements will often get popped up on there as well, okay? And feel free to share, like, um, whatever whatever you want, okay? Um, so we're a couple minutes early, but my family has decided to walk in the door now. So I'm going to have to let this call go. So. First of all, let me say thank you once again for um, setting aside the time to come on the line tonight. Um, it's great to look and see all the dashboard full. I love that. Um, and as I let you go, uh, it, it's customary for those of you who are new on the line that I kind of share an image of, of something. Um, it's kind of my way to send you out, but also a blessing. So um, as I let you go, I'm, I'm holding an image of you empowering others being fascinatingly focused, a grower of leaders, and a continuous learner. So with that being said, I release you all out into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing evening, and don't forget to email and let me know what's going on with you. All right? Okay, thanks. Good night, everybody.